Welcome to the Delve Into Money podcast. I am your host, Curtis Haney. This is the personal finance podcast where we attempt to demystify money by reviewing books and applying what we learn to our own financial journeys. This is episode number 33 of the Delve Into Money podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. Over the last few weeks, we've done a deep dive into the book, Redeeming Your Time, and talked about a number of concepts from that book. We've talked about doing a weekly review to keep your life and financial systems in order. We've talked about how destructive noise and distraction is and how we can design our lives in a way to reduce that noise. We've talked about setting financial goals and how they should all connect to your values and vision. And then last week, or actually two weeks ago, we talked about creating routines to automate your days. And so as I wrapped up here on this particular topic, I wanted to kind of take a step back because all of the stuff that we've been talking about falls into the category of life design. But the thing about this type of life design is that it can very easily become overwhelming. What tends to happen is we get very excited and dive into these concepts headfirst. We set up intense systems, then we dogmatically tell everyone that we know all about it. How this particular system is so, so much better. And then two weeks later, we're not even using the same system or we've fallen off the wagon completely. I remember a few years back, I had been using a physical system. I had a physical planner, but I wasn't happy with the system because I had a lot of different areas in my life that I had to track things from, as well as a lot of recurring type tasks. For example, I needed to do our weekly aging notes at work or produce our monthly financials. This physical system just wasn't great for keeping track of those recurring tasks because you had to write them every single week. You had to figure out a way to handle those tasks. So after some frustration, I one day decided that I was going to switch to completely electronic. I explored a number of different apps, but then I decided that Todoist was the answer. I paid for Todoist Premium to get all the features and started loading all my tasks into the list. The great feature that Todoist has is the feature of their recurring task where you can just use normal language to set it up on a schedule and you can almost do anything you want. You can have it uh, recur based off the, the start date. You can have it recur based off the date it was complete. So for example, if you want it done every 14 days and you delay it three days, but you still want it done on that 14 day schedule, it'll do it then 10 days from the last one. But if you want it done every 14 days and you want it to, so for example, I used for my haircut, I want it done every three to four weeks. So I scheduled it for three weeks. When I did it, I clicked it off and then it pushed it to three weeks out from when I marked it done. So it has a ton of great features. And I was super excited about using those and utilizing them. But after just a couple weeks of using it, I was completely overwhelmed. I'd added all my tasks but they were all competing for my attention. In some ways, it felt like I was getting even less done. 
part of this was it was hard to identify what was important or what's not. And so instead, every single day, I had this huge list of tasks that I had to get done and had to figure out what I needed to prioritize. I then decided that I would pair it with my calendar, which quickly pivoted to taking small notepads everywhere I went. The notepad would allow me to record tasks without getting an electronic device because those electronic devices were distracting, as I think we all have experienced at different points. Uh, But that notepad allowed me to record my top three tasks for the day. So when I paired that with my calendar, I could block time for those important tasks, and then I can at my ready, at my hand, at all times, have my top three tasks. Less than one month later, I was back to the physical planner wondering how I all went wrong. You see, the the notepad sounds like a good idea because I'd seen someone do it, but the reality is I hate carrying that additional thing around. And then uh, with my perfectionism, I would sit on it and it would get all crumpled and so it wouldn't be perfectly you know, like a normal little uh, tiny notepad. And then I would get frustrated because I didn't like that sensation either. And then I would get behind on my electronic tasks. And then next thing you know, I would have days and days of stuff to catch up on, or I would just ignore my calendar completely. So it just failed time and time again. And less than a month later, I was back to my physical planner. When we switch to a different system. And when I switched in this situation, I enthusiastically told Samantha, my wife, about how my new system would solve all the world's problems. These days, I wonder why she's not so excited about my new systems, but I have to wonder if I've become the boy who cried wolf or the world changer who never changed the world. And this isn't the only time that I've done that. And I think we've all seen this time and time again. I seem to switch systems every so often, and each time I'm extremely excited about my new discoveries. Why can't I stick to these systems? Why can't I follow through? As someone who's relatively productive, as someone who's doing well in their career, why can't I figure this thing out? And all of these changes have highlighted all of these failures have highlighted a few things for me. The system isn't the determining factor on if you complete your tasks, your actions are. Let me repeat, your system isn't the determining factor on if you complete your tasks, your actions are. And then number two, each of these systems, each of the systems we set up grates against our natural instinct as humans. So I want to break down these points a little bit further. We put a reliance on our systems and we think that there'll be magic hacks to greater our productivity. But have you noticed that even when you don't follow your system, the truly important things actually get done? You manage to even eat food, to drink water, to go to the bathroom. On a more practical level, If you have a presentation at work, you manage to make the presentation happen. If you have a big deadline, how often do we actually really miss those deadlines? It's rare because if it weren't rare, we would be continually failing 
at the things that we're tasked with in life, be unreliable, lose our jobs, struggle to keep a job. So it's imperative that we get these things done, and we somehow always find a way to make it happen. The important things get done no matter what. So what our systems are really managing are those non-important or non-urgent tasks. Sure, a good system will help you do the important and urgent in a more efficient manner. I'm not going to argue that it won't help you in some way when it comes to your important tasks. Ensure a good system can help you get more done and keep more commitments. But a good system isn't truly essential to living life. I know this may seem counter to what I've said in the past. I know this may seem counter to what I've just preached over the last four weeks, frankly, since I started this podcast. But I think we need to take a step back. I think we need to realize that life goes on. We can design our lives and we can really try and hone in all of these details. And I'm really into that. I really enjoy that process. But Your life is lived in the moments that you make, in the things that you get done, and the reality of it is, is we know what's truly important, and those things get done no matter what system we have in place. Now, obviously, there's going to be exceptions to this, but I'm talking about the general rules here. And so for people like me, people who are looking to optimize the way they go about their day-to-day life, looking to optimize all these different facets of their life, I want to tell you one thing. You need to take a deep breath. You need to take a step back and quit putting so much pressure on yourself to complete everything. So as we focus in on the second point real quick, uh, I, want to, I want to talk about that and then I want to give you a handful of ways that we can counteract this rigidness of our systems that we tend to create, or we tend to desire to create, even if we don't actually get there. The reality is our systems that we're setting up go against our nature. What typically breaks these systems is something small. It's the overwhelm of falling behind. It's one thing popping up that we forgot to schedule for. We make things complex And then when we do that, even little errors or getting a little bit off track makes us fall behind. See, the reality is we're trying to manage the unmanageable. Have you ever noticed that even when you have nothing to do, you manage to fill your time? When you have no time, the most important things still get done, right? We've already talked about that a little bit. But when you find yourself with extra time, we still find ways to fill that time. Now, you may say you've not had a lot of extra time, but the reality is you don't have the extra time because when those big projects are out of the way, you tend to do those things that you've been putting off. Me, for example, I keep a lot of book notes on all the books that I read, and I put those off pretty regularly. But when I find that I'm out of big tasks to do. And I don't even realize this when I'm doing it, but I find that I end up going and start uploading and and finishing out those book notes. The reality is we're going to fill our time no matter what. We're worried about distractions and productivity, but we should really be worried about is our stress level. 
The stress comes and goes based off our perception of what we have to do. So we could have nothing to do, but if we perceive that we have something to do, and when I say nothing to do, it could be that we have nothing big to do. We don't have a big rock that we're trying to move. We don't have something that aligns with any of our goals. We have a lot of small things that need to get done. So this creates this perception that we've got a lot to do and can create a level of stress. So how can we manage this stress, get the important things done, and avoid overwhelm? I have a few techniques for you that revolve around creating spontaneity in your day. See, one of the biggest issues with a to-do list is that it has no connection to the time a task takes. When we use time blocking, we can allow for space in your day and actually optimize your day so that you get the most important things done. So what this looks like is it looks like as you go down your list for the day, identifying your most important tasks and then assigning them to a time during the day. I typically will do a morning and afternoon time block and then I will just fill the rest in with miscellaneous tasks because I know they're going to pop up. So I would encourage you to schedule at least two times that you're going to focus in on these bigger tasks. But we don't want to fill everything so full that we don't allow time for these spontaneous moments. Because it's when we stuff our day full that we then create the stress that I was talking about earlier. So here are a handful of ways that you can create a little bit of spontaneity, a little bit of of flex in your day so that if something happens, something pops up, you can either respond to that or you can put it for later, but you won't be as overwhelmed by it because you've created space in your day. So one of the ways to to create some spontaneity is we want to create a want-to-do list. So this is not in particular meaning like your day-to-day tasks. This is either projects or this could be a place you want to eat. This could be a fun thing you want to do. And we want to create these lists because these lists help us when we have those open spots to instead of filling them with more to-dos that are going to overwhelm us or going to keep us focused in on that productivity side, we want to create these to-dos that are going to create pockets of fun for us. So instead of keeping your head down and doing like I'll do and go type up my book notes, this want to do list will allow us to see, hey, I wanted to go to this go-kart place that's here out of town. What about scheduling that and just doing it today, right? Or maybe it's a, maybe you enjoy coding or maybe you enjoy uh, something that's outside of your normal uh, day-to-day work and you say, I have a space here, so I want to do this particular thing during this time. So it allows you to create room for those things that are more not necessary, but the more fun things to do. Because what happens is those spots pop up and then we just naturally backfill them with this backlog of tasks that we've got. But instead of filling with the backlog of little tasks, the not important things, we should fill it with things that we actually want to be doing. Another thing that we want to do uh, to create a little bit of spontaneity is we don't want to stuff our day full. I've already talked about this a little bit in that we want to create two time blocks, so 90 minutes probably, 
you can choose. There's a lot of different ways to go about this, but I typically do about 90 minutes. And then we want to create breaks. And then we want to create filler time as well, because we don't want to stuff our days to the gills, because when we stuff our days to the gills, it leaves us feeling like we didn't get enough done. It leaves us feeling like we are frazzled at the end of the day. It leaves us feeling like we don't have control. And when we don't have control, that's another big reason that we feel stressed. The third uh, way to create some spontaneity is we want to put all on our calendar the most important things. So this goes with time blocking. So if you've got three important tasks, we want to schedule the time for those tasks. But then the rest of the items, we want to keep in a separate place because we don't want to get distracted by them. So this is putting them on a sheet of paper in your task management system. And then when you've got the extra time, you can either choose to do something from your want to do, choose to rest, or choose to do some of those tasks. But we don't want those tasks screaming at us all the time because them screaming at us is what creates this stress. Number four, we also want to block times for fun. We want to make sure that we aren't just go, go, go. So this could be a regularly scheduled block. This could be a specific time and day of the week, or it could be something that you move around based off what's going on that week, but we want to block time for fun. So for me, this would look like I want to block time for playing golf. So I want to put on the calendar, say on a you know, maybe I'm doing it on Monday evenings, or maybe I'm doing it on Saturdays or Sunday afternoons. I want to block time regularly to do those things that are fun for me. And so maybe I don't do it that particular week, but by creating time, we're giving ourselves control over those leisure things that can sometimes get pushed out, sometimes get ignored because we get so busy. But the reality is, remember, we talked about this. We think we struggle getting things done, but the reality is the big things are getting done 95 to 100% of the time. So when we're scheduling time for fun, all we're doing is really scheduling time for our sanity. We're scheduling time to make sure that we don't get overwhelmed. The other thing that we want to do, and this is not really a spontaneous thing, but this is something that Shane Parrish talks about, uh, and he leads the knowledge project. And so I would encourage you to check it out. If you haven't checked it out, he has a good podcast, a good website, a good membership community, but we want to create blocks of time to think because what ends up happening is we allow a meeting. We allow the actual tasks that we have to get done to crowd out all this other time. And so if we don't allow ourselves time to think, we don't allow ourselves time to process all of our to-dos to process what we've done, what we need to get done. And that is another thing that leads to stress and overwhelm. And then number six, we want to set aside time. So we talked about creating blocks for something fun, but we want to set aside time for other people as well. This is a recurring date with your spouse, even recurring phone calls with friends. Maybe you've, you block one evening uh, on your drive home Say, I'm going to call a friend this, this day of the week, and you just do that every week. Or recurring dinner with family or friends. 
These are things that we really value and we want to make time for them. So we need to put them on the calendar so they don't get pushed aside by the tasks or things that we think are important today. And then number seven, this is something that has helped me and it's it's something that I think I got from Michael Hyatt um, and company, but we want to create a weekly schedule template. And so this is looking at your Sunday through Saturday and it's creating colored time blocks to identify what your ideal week looks like. So for example, for me, I go to work at 7.30 in the morning. So I'm getting up between 5 and 5.30. My ideal morning is going to be going and doing a workout until about 6. It's going to be doing my Bible study, doing a little social media or engagement type stuff, and then taking a shower and being at work by 7.30. And so I'm going to split those into some blocks. Then when I get to work at 7.30, I want to prepare for my day for that first 30 minutes. And then from 8 to 9.30, I want to do a deep work block. I want to have an open block, then another deep work block, and then lunch, and then another deep work block after that, and then open. So that would be my ideal day. Now, maybe I don't schedule any deep work in the afternoon because I know that that's when I'm not capable of doing that anymore. But you're going to have to figure out your own schedule for yourself. But by doing that, you can then take any incoming request and say, does this interfere with what my ideal week is? And if it interferes with your ideal week, that's a great opportunity to say no. So to summarize this very quickly, we want to not get too dogmatic about the things we've been talking about over the last few weeks. We do want to go through these processes and we do want to have a system, but we want to allow ourselves space so that we don't get overwhelmed with our system and we don't stress ourselves out. So ways that we can do that include a want-to-do list, scheduling less in your day, calendaring only your most important and pushing the rest to the side, creating blocks or times to do something fun or just to think, setting aside time with your friends, family, and spouse, and creating a weekly schedule template, an ideal week, as you could call it. So those are the things, the suggestions that I have for you. I encourage you to give yourself a break. The idea behind productivity and the idea behind these systems that I've been talking about over the last number of weeks isn't perfection. It's improvement. And I think we need to expect to fail or struggle with some of these systems. But the only way you truly fail with these systems is if you quit trying. And so a way to keep motivated to continue on is to create some spontaneity, create some fun in your schedule, in your week, and make sure that you don't miss out on this in the hustle of just trying to get things done. We're going to wrap it up right there for today. I want to thank you so much for joining me today. We'd love if you'd subscribe, share this podcast, rate and review it. You can now do that on Spotify as well. So go there on Spotify. If you use Spotify, give it a rating and review. Until next week, remember, 
healthy financial decisions are intentional financial decisions. Intentional decisions this week lead to a healthy financial future. Start today. We'll see you next week.